love, and hope still exist in this world. There's good things in the bad, no matter how difficult it can be. Look for the positive. Find that silver lining and hold on to it with all the might and that you can that you can muster up. Life is worth living. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 come on in again today. It's time for us to get some motivation, inspiration, some encouragement that when we know something comes in life, it kicks us in our teeth, that we can get up, handle the situation, and still have the best life possible. We're all going to go through something, some more than others, some lighter than others. But if you think it's never coming, man, are you drunk the wrong Kool-Aid, all right? Because I would like to think that uh, the Kool-Aid you're drinking, if you really think nothing's coming, uh, I, I don't know if I want to be involved in that one or not. I'd rather, rather know the truth that, that something's happening. All right. And it's just the way it is. Just the way life is. Comes and goes, ups and downs, hills and valleys, and we go from there. Today, our topic is we're going to be talking about losing loved ones, losing friends, and how do we overcome that? How can we get the best out of that knowing what they went through and suffered through and we and so our speaker today our guest today is colin hughes gonna come on here in a minute but before we get started here what a time for us to have this topic that i was talking with colin before we got started with the submarine that submerged and lost going down looking at the titanic and these people here have been lost for at least two days that i know of uh before that and they're Hopefully they'll find them. Uh, last uh, briefing I saw on TV, there there was like 41 hours they're speculating of oxygen left. Uh, so I'm hoping, praying for the best outcome uh, from this. But what a topic to start with after all this. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the show, Colin Hughes. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you today? Hey, you're one of them guys I tell you, you definitely got a radio voice. Well, I'm a voice actor now, so I... Oh, oh, awesome. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah, I I just got my Southern Belle. Don't want to sound like a woman with a Southern Belle, but I got my Southern talk going on. But you got this strong radio voice. Uh, Yeah, uh, I I had three dreams as a child. Be a cowboy, be a pilot, be an actor. I rode bulls professionally for a number of years, and I got to compete against some of the legends in the sport of professional rodeo. Have you ever heard of the movie Lane, uh, eight seconds movie about it? Lane, yeah. uh-huh, Lane, yeah. was, Lane was a friend of mine. He and I rode the same days at Cheyenne that year. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, I watched that. I watched that movie. I liked, I liked it. Yeah. So it's, uh, we so actually, uh, boy that, um, I went to high school with, he graduated a year ahead of me with my brother and his name was think jeff summerlin and we always called him cowboy he's always dressed up <laughs> and everything and he got into uh rodeoing and riding the bulls and a but in our area in tennessee we didn't necessarily have that so he left i'm assuming to texas and became one of those riders and everything and he's retired and moved back this way but uh he's jeff summerlin hey jeff we've uh, ever hopped in we're talking <laughs> about you bubba 
So, yeah, it was, it was a year after Lane died in the arena that um, I was on my, the rodeos that led up for me going to Cheyenne would be, uh, uh, where was it? It was Kansas, somewhere in Kansas. And then um, a stop I'd make in, in Nebraska and then on to Cheyenne at the rodeo at Nebraska the year after Lane's death. I got thrown off harder than I ever had in my entire life. Got walked all over, and all I could think is, you know, next hoof's coming in the middle of my back, and they're going to carry me at a at a on a hearse. My buddies had to drag me out of the arena, and I looked at them and I says, "That's it. That's the last one." Yeah, and the next, yeah. Next stop was Cheyenne. A year to the week that Lane died, hmm. and after I stopped riding bulls, I announced rodeos, and that's where I found out that when I'm behind a microphone, I'm at home. There you go. You put me in a stadium full of people <laughs> and I'm in a microphone. I'm like, we're going to have us some fun. There we go. Well, yeah. I'm, I try to have fun while we're on here. I know some of our topic can be a little uh, strong, but uh, I try to make it as ease as we can. You know, that, uh, I guess not as serious, even though we know it's serious. Right. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm glad. Well, I'm glad you found your profession and as uh, a voice acting. You definitely, I can tell you into that. Um, I remember before I got in a wheelchair, we, uh, our county fair came in one time when I was probably a year or two before I got in my wheelchair and they, they had the big old riding bull because that's when old urban cowboy was on TV. Oh, uh, brother! And so, uh, yeah. So then this, uh, fairground came in with a, uh, a, a mechanical bull and yeah. here I am trying to do that thing just because urban cowboy did it. So <laughs> I got through our uh, real fast on that thing. So, but it, I learned, I learned from then that the, that's definitely not for me. So uh, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a special kind of person that enjoys special kinds of pains. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you got time, I got a quick story about. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So the urban cowboy, most of that was filmed at Gilly's mm-hmm. honky tonk. And during the Houston rodeo back then was in the Houston Astrodome before it's in the uh, stadium that it's in now. And I was down there for the rodeo at the Houston Astrodome with a bunch of us thought, Hey, let's go out to Gillies. Uh And so I I was a first year member of the professional rodeo cowboy association that year. I'm I'm just a rookie. And the, the, in the, within the bunch of us that went out there, there were like, I think two world's champions, several, national finals rodeo qualifiers, you know, some of the top bull riders in the world. And we're standing around watching these guys get on that bucking machine. And, you know, these kids, they'd be slapping their face and acting like they're all tough cowboy, like they're going to ride a real bull for thousands of dollars or something. And we're all sitting over there just kind of laughing at them. And all I could think is, I wonder if these guys knew who would, if these guys knew who were standing over here, if they'd start to feel silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, being watched by some of the best actual bull riders in the world. And here they are, you know, slapping their faces like they're. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was on the show, yeah, watching people do all that. It, 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 was, it was wild, but old Travolta definitely got to go home with the girls. And the money. <laughs> At the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, by making... My, that movie is one of the big things in the first of his career. So, oh, yeah, yeah, because it, it was it was huge. Uh, of course, <laughs> I I remember uh, remember uh, the one reason I uh, ended up watching it was uh, 
my girlfriend <laughs> when she saw it one time. So, but actually, I like the movie though. So, uh, I don't want to seem like one of these guys that uh, uh, likes the chick flicks, but I actually like that movie. So, <laughs> I'm all right with it. So, all right, Colin, let's go ahead and get uh, start here. Now, we yeah, we go through. We know what uh, life happens. Life comes. Life comes when we're not ready for it. It comes when we're ready for it. And uh, definitely part of life is um, uh, living until we go. And the sad thing is that some people go before others. And saddest thing to me is some people that waste life live longer than others yeah. uh, from that. that. That's the sad thing to me is, is the people that are living their life and they're just wasting it. And then you have... Uh, for instance, I had a younger brother, he passed away 10, uh, 12 years ago. And yeah, so, uh, you know, here's a guy, uh, worked hard and everything, helping people, a mechanic. And then I know two other people in and out of jail and, and we do stupid stuff. I understand that, but they still don't want to get out and work. Don't want to do anything else. They want everything given to them. And I'm going, what's the purpose of them being here? And my brother, not here. Right. It makes no sense to me at all. I'm sure there's a reason and rationale for it, but I yet to understand it. So, right. So, yep. Um, now to get off my two cents, get off my soapbox on that part. <laughs> um, I've seen on your part that uh, uh, you lost uh, oldest daughter to cancer, and yeah. um, see that one there, even though it's cancer. I think I could deal with that one a little better than a, all of a sudden tragedy. They're dead and gone. Yeah. So at least you've had time to say your goodbyes and love you and stuff like that. And, and you, you know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, she and I had been estranged for a while. She, uh, <laughs> okay. When she's first diagnosed, she reached out to me. And we started, you know, building a relationship and I, which means I also got to spend time with my oldest granddaughter and I was, I live in Las Vegas. And at that time, um, I was flying for an airline. So I was able to, you know, take advantage of those, of those flight benefits and jump seating privileges to go down as much as I needed to while she was in the hospital. And the last couple of weeks for life, I just spent that entire two weeks down in Houston to be with her in the hospice. Last thing she told me was she loved me. Yeah. Sara took her last breath and, you know, it, it, it's hard to accept. You know, a person says, uh, you hear so many people say that one of the most difficult things a person can face is the death of a child. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, there's something my, in my life that was far worse. You know, I start, I, you know, at the beginning, I told you my three dreams, cowboy, pilot, actor. I bring that up because, you know, it, it, it to me, it, it, it tells that I'm a person who goes after things. Yeah. I mm-hmm. got, I rode, rode bulls. I'm a retired airline pilot and now a voice actor hoping to go into, into to film. But I, I I go after things when I want them and not, but on June 10th of last year, 
I came across something that I had no idea how to deal with, and it still plagues me, and it probably will the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That's when I got the call that my 15-year-old granddaughter ended her own life. And that See, that's, that's, that's a more harder situation pill to swallow, like you said, with the cancer, and I also see you lost a son-in-law in a car accident. Um, yes. But and I, I can speak of the suicide a little bit. I attempted suicide three times in three years. I mean, three times in three days. That's how bad I wanted out. After my brother died, I felt guilty of why he died. Because at the time, I'm just trying to take all your time up here. You're but, fine. Uh, he he, he uh, was an alcoholic, uh, but he was a functional alcoholic. He worked all day, helped people like that and everything. And I got where I couldn't get in and out of my wheelchair and in and out of the bed like I normally do. It's getting older and heavier, fatter and weaker. And so I need help getting in bed. Well, we got him in the hospital because uh, we know that he was jaundiced from his drinking. And they told him if he continued drinking, they give him 10% chance to live five years. And so he quit drinking until an uh, old friend of his that couldn't drink alone got him back to going again. And, um, and a lot of us, Blame him for his part. But they told him in the hospital with him being a mechanic, don't pick up anything heavy because they found a hernia and a bleeding ulcer in his Uh stomach. and said, don't pick up anything heavy to strain yourself or anything. Well, one night I couldn't get into bed and he helped me in bed. That same night he died. And I felt so guilty that if I would have got in bed as big as I am, he might still be here. And yeah, I attempted three times three days. So I do understand the hurt of wanting to get out. Uh, I am blessed and glad that I didn't fulfill that so I can be here. Cause I think part of my mission here right now is to do this podcast, to get you and others to help y'all get y'all's messages out. So I think that's one reason why I wasn't taken. So that's, that's why one reason why I started the podcast. So, good, good for you. All right, so go. Yeah, that's that's a, the suicide <laughs> thing. That's a hard pill to swallow, and I uh, hated it that my mom and bro- older brother had to go through it with me. Uh, but I, I don't hide from telling people because it's part of my life, and now I can hopefully encourage other people. Yeah, what what you said when you opened the podcast is you know is that we all go through things and. How was it that you worded it? You know, that things are going to happen. Don't say they won't or something like that. You were saying, and I had never even imagined anyone close to me taking their own life. Yeah. The only, the only thing that, well, it wasn't even close to losing my granddaughter, but the only other person that I personally know that took their own life was an old rodeo buddy of mine back in the late seventies, mm-hmm. uh, was actually, I was actually at the rodeo in Denver when I got the news, uh, the Denver national stock show, you know, starts in, is in January every year. And I'm down at the rodeo secretary's office, looking at the, looking at the day sheets, you list the Cowboys, everybody who's entered. And I, if I remember correctly, he was actually entered in the rodeo. Mm -hmm. And then the word came that he took his own life. And uh, every time that door came open to the state, 
to the Coliseum, the stadium where the contestants enter and walk down to go behind the bucket shoots. Every time that door opened, I thought, Kay's going to walk down there. Yeah. You know, I never did. Then after that, I never even dreamed of someone in my own family, especially not my granddaughter. She was, she was (laughs) one of the most amazing, wonderful, loving, happy people at least I thought so that I, that I ever knew she always had this smile and she just so humble and meek and just people met her. They loved her. Mm -hmm. And that's what, there's no sense in it. It just, I can't, it's just so hard to understand how someone like that could, could have done such a thing. And say at this point here, now we stress that, if uh, anyone's having any of those suicidal thoughts, please seek help. The the world is better. You've just got to get out of this blackness, this fog, and you'll see that things can get better. And I know it's hard. Again, I can speak from the attempt. The third attempt, they found me in my van sucking carbon monoxide uh, in my garage closed, and I was in the hospital for seven weeks. So... I understand. So, but please don't get to that point where you actually attempt. Call a counselor, call a minister, call the 800 suicide hotline, lie to them. Don't tell them your name if you want to keep it confidential, but be truthful what's going on so they can help you. There, there is no longer an 800 number for suicide. Yes. It's now so very, very, very simple. Call. So if you're having thoughts of, of suicidality, it's so simple now. Call or text 988. Okay. If you want to reach out to somebody, call or text 988. And if I haven't mentioned that number, that number is 988. I'll People definitely spending- put that in the show notes too. Yeah, 24-7. Yeah, 24-7. People are there waiting to communicate with you. Good, 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 good. Uh, I didn't know that. Good. I'm glad I've learned something today. (laughs) So then learned me something there, Colin. So good. And that's something special to learn, too. So, all right. um, And, of course, um, how do you, you, I can tell with you, you're a very positive man. Like you said, you go after what you want and you, you know, try, try your best to succeed. You know, but when this daughter down with cancer, son-in-law with car accident, again, the uh, granddaughter, 15 years old, how do you deal? And let me ask this question. Did she leave a letter behind? No. To, because, I mean, no. like you said, when you were explaining her being so happy and joyful, uh, the brightest person, people would love meeting her. It just makes you wondering how one how can she fool so many people, you know, for no one not to suspect anything? And wow, what well, was what was really going on? There, there's a backstory yeah. between my granddaughter and I that um, mm-hmm. that explains what kind of person she she actually was. The daughter I lost to cancer was from 
she came by my youthful indiscretion days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't, had not, didn't even meet her until she was 15 years old. Didn't even know she was there until she's, she's 15. Yeah. So she grew up naturally. She's anger with angry with me in and, oh, in yeah. and out, in and out. And yeah, understandable. My first marriage, I had four daughters and I was still not a very nice guy to their mother, you know, unfaithful, you know, starting to, following the footsteps of, you know, what I'd seen in my home, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. drinking and womanizing, mm-hmm. which, you know, of course led to a divorce and the, uh, their mother remarried a man who was retired military. And they asked if he could adopt the girls so that would give them insurance benefits through his retirement, you know, whatever else, you know, type of benefits that came, came through that. And, you know, I thought, well, that's more than I can afford to pay in child support at the time. Mm -hmm. So I agreed to it. And when I signed those papers, it was afterwards that I suddenly realized that I no longer had any rights to even talk to those children. Yeah. And so they grew up feeling abandoned by me. And, um, 2004, the second oldest of these girls reached out to me and wanted to be reunited. And so got to meet her and we carried on a relationship for a while. And then her uh, sisters and her whole family, of course, she was caught in the middle. Anytime somebody was talking about me in the family, you know, here she was, you know, and that, and that was just, you know, stressful, stressful for her. Yeah. And so she backed out of the relationship. And then later on came back out and said, she want to try it again. That ended in failure. And then shortly before I married my wife now, 17 years, I get another email from, from this daughter and my wife is a social worker and she, uh, she says, well, you're going to answer her, aren't you? I says, no, honey, I'm not going to answer her. Why? She's all about the relationship. And I told her, you know, I'd already told her what I'd been going through. And I says, well, I told yeah. you what I've been through with this. It's just, I, I can't do, go through that again. So, oh, but if you work on the relationship, it, it won't, it doesn't have to end. I says, it's really not in my hands. And so finally I says, okay, I will do this just to show you that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I can't remember how long it had lasted, but you know, I got to spend a lot of time with my granddaughter who was itty bitty at the time. <laughs> and, uh, we actually, my wife and I took, um, took my daughter, my granddaughter, where we were living in Owasa, Oklahoma, and they were in, uh, Omaha area. And we drove up to Omaha, picked them up and we went to Nauvoo, Illinois, which is a big, uh, history place for Mormon pioneers, the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's never been a Mormon church. It's always been the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. As they had a big pageant out there and we told 
told my little Duran daughter, who's like, she's two and a half, maybe at the time, maybe a little older. Says, we're going to go to where there's a big musical production. Says, and, the, and she, she called it the singing park. There you go. <laughs> and the whole time during this pageant, though, I was holding her on my lap and she just fell asleep on me and I held her the, in, the entire night. And I can't remember how long after that, that once again, it came to an end. And 2017, I said, I live in Las Vegas. I was based in Houston, Texas uh, with my job. And my wife asked me, Again, says, well, if she ever reaches out to you, what are you going to do? And I says, I can't go through that again. And this time my wife says, I understand that. <laughs> and uh, next morning I'm saying my prayers. I'm getting ready to leave for a trip later that day. And in the middle of my prayers, I just, I mean, I swear it's like you're hearing my voice right now. says, pray for your children children they don't want anything to do with me i don't have children yeah why should i pray for my i don't have children and it came again pray for your children and i resisted and resisted and i fought with god i don't know how long on this finally said okay i'll I'll do it yeah yeah yeah. i finally did i have no idea what i said that's all I know. I was, had no idea. But so I leave the airport, Vegas airport, catch a ride down to Houston, and only flight I had of this four day first day of the four day trip was an overnight in Detroit, Michigan. Next morning, left Michigan, came back to Houston as I'm walking up the jet bridge while the aircraft while the passengers are deplaning. My phone rings, and it's a number that I didn't recognize, but I answered it, and it was my daughter. And at this time, she and her husband uh, were divorced. Uh, The children's father was living in Florida with my grandson, whom I had never met at the time. Mm -hmm. And my granddaughter was with her mother, um up in the Northeast part of the United States with my granddaughter that I had not seen in, in several years, their father had just been in an automobile accident and killed. My grandson was in the car with him. He was in a coma at a Fort Lauderdale hospital with his front spread wide open, Mm. his internal organs exposed, several Mm -hmm. broken bones, not knowing if he was going to live or die. And her sisters weren't able to go down there to be with her. Her mother wasn't able to go down there to be with her. She says she just needed somebody there for support. So I'm on the next flight. I didn't even try to jump seat. I just, I bought a seat to get there. Yeah. And the first time I walk into that hospital bed and see my grandson there, he's, you know, we don't know if he's going to live or die. And I spent about a week with them down there that time, went back later on. But that entire time, you know, I'd 
give my, my daughter some breaks and I'd take my, my granddaughter out to eat or something like that. And, and every time that child opened her mouth, I always expected her to say something like, grandpa, where have you been all these years? Mm-hmm. Grandpa, why haven't you called? Not once. Yeah. Not once did that child say anything like that. She just mm. loved me. She just loved me. And that's the kind of person she was. She, yeah, she was just happier there. She just loved me. Hmm. Yeah, this, this is difficult on, on those ends. Uh, I don't know. It would have been harder. I mean, I don't know. What would you have said? Because I wouldn't want to blame mother or anything. Maybe what? And I'm not asking you to speculate what you said. Why didn't you call or why didn't you? Because you don't know what you said yeah. now. But, but I mean, it, they, uh, I understand how you're, you're emotional there because she just loved you. She's just glad you're there. She's happy to be around. But man, if she did ask that, yeah. I don't know what I could say. Wow. Okay. Well, let me tell you another thing about her that was just so amazing. My wife and I took her on a vacation with us to Hawaii and we just had a blast. We, you know, when we were there, she only asked for one thing and that's if we could take her to a store where she could buy a swimming suit herself. Mm -hmm. So we went into a store. She found, she found a, uh, a swimsuit she really liked. And then she put it back and I says, what's wrong? She says, well, it costs so much money, grandpa. I says, well. Do you have the money for it? She says, yeah. says, well, then if you want it, that's one you want. Go ahead and get it. She says, but then I won't have money to buy food with. I says, you don't have to worry about buying food. Grandma and I have that. Really? Yeah. "Yeah." So she went up there to the counter and was pulling out her cash. And while she's pulling out her cash, old grandpa's standing right behind her pulling out his credit card. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. And then uh, one day we found an ad for Swim with the Dolphins. Oh, no, that uh, would be amazing. That would, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. And I, I asked her if she wanted to do that. She says, oh, Grandpa, that would cost too much money. I says, well, we'll find out what it costs, but do you want to do it? Oh, I know that's going to cost too much money, Grandpa. I says, honey, if this were free, would you want to do it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Forget about the money. Grandpa's going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And on my Facebook page, uh, my banner picture up there is her, you know, like she's hugging the dolphin. Dolphin's yeah. pointing up this way, and she's right here, this big smile on her face. And something that really was special to me when I posted that on Facebook, a friend of mine, Don Gay, eight-time world's champion bull rider, who's never met any of my family mm-hmm. made a comment on it says i'd know that smile anywhere there you go and i had to text him i said donnie you know you don't know how much that meant meant to me that comment i just yeah you, you could see me and my granddaughter like yeah 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 when That's we're cool. leaving hawaii here's here's the best part of what she was like walking through the airport at hawaii and i've got my roller bag behind me and she has a small carry-on bag and i had it on top of my roller bag and she's grandpa i can carry that this is i know 
it's light. It's no big deal, honey. I got it. Oh, let me carry it, Grandpa. And I says, well, if you want to, go ahead. And when I got home, my first trip back to work, I commute down to Houston. I'm walking through one of the terminals in Houston, and there's a family right ahead of me with a child, a daughter, about the age of my granddaughter, mm-hmm. who was carrying a jacket and throws it at her, at her father says, here, you carry it. I'm not oh. going to. Oh, wow. Yeah. And all I could think is, oh, thank goodness for my sweet, sweet grandchild. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's that's who she was. It makes it takes all kinds to make this world go around, huh? Yeah. And it was that's why it's so hard to understand how she could have possibly done this. Yeah. I don't have any children. I've never been blessed to get married once. And so uh, for some reason, God didn't think that I needed a wife or anything. And not to say I don't find a. One as I get older, but I'm sure the children's part to uh, be over with. Oh, but, you uh, never know about these things. Well, yeah, I saw where who's those actors, 80 and 79 years old, got another one coming. Yeah, uh, never, two never, never say never. I, I just, <laughs> I just saw those t- not too long ago. I forgot to which two they were. Uh, or never but, say never. Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> man, yeah, it gets. So how how do you? I mean, it's a tough blow. Uh, for this, but again, someone like you, that I mean, you're very positive and everything like that. Were you brought up to be strong and positive? Do you remember I, where you were negative? I had, to, and I had to learn, I had to learn on my own. Okay. Uh, I grew up in a very negative household. Well, you mentioned that a little earlier about yeah, which you stuff you've seen growing yeah, up. Yeah. My father'd say stuff like this, you know. Call me dummy. And what makes you think you can do that, dummy? Yeah. Uh, and things like that. And I just, I had to learn confidence on my own as an adult. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, I use it as a excuse for not being as successful as I really wanted to riding bulls. Cause you know, I, I rode bulls and it mucked some, you know, some of the best in the business off, mm-hmm. but I never pursued suited as hard as I wanted to. Cause you know, I'd get, I get these times where I was getting low on money and it'd be like, oh man, I got to make this ride. And if I don't, you know, I won't win anything. And it's like, you know, and those words come back. What makes you think you can do this dummy? Mm -hmm. And I learned here, here, here's, here's a life lesson. That's good to learn from surround yourself with positive people. Amen, brother. Positive people. So many of the world's champions, in rodeo that I know their traveling partners are some high caliber contestants. These cowboys know how to ride and you know, they're national finals, rodeos and world's champion people. They travel together. You know, they were even when they started traveling to begin with, but when they first started to travel, they may not have been world's champions or national finals, but they were, they fed off each other. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that. That's one lesson I did not learn in my early adulthood. And I look back on it. Lane Frost, real good example. Lane traveled tough Hedeman, who actually was the world's champion before Lane was the world's champion. And at the time of Lane's death, it was actually, if I remember correctly, Cody Lambert 
wasn't a part of that group at that time. He was traveling with uh, Ty Murray, I believe. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, it was uh, Lane was traveling with Tuff Hedeman, Jim Sharp, and Clint Bronger, all national finals bull riders. And two world's champions. Yeah, yeah. Well, three of them were world's champions. So. <laughs> and that's surround yourself with people and you will go so much further in life. If you surround yourself with negativity, well, you, you, yep, you'll get yes. what you reap from that. Exactly. As well. um, exactly. Another uh, comment I uh, enjoy, uh, and I can't, it's been, made different variations, but I don't know the original uh, who first said it, but the uh, c- comment that uh, uh, stressed with other people was, uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. You know, and then here, here's a really good example of, you know, I think a lot of young people today, they don't know how to handle failure in their lives. I agree. You know, they're told, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. But some of them, you know, they know that they're putting in hard work, but they think that, you know, you have to win all the time. And that's not the case. Look at, look at Michael Jordan. He said the key to his success was his failures. Yes. You cannot uh, succeed unless you fail. When they started the giving everybody a participation trophy. Oh my that's when I knew it was time for me to get out of coaching. <laughs> so, uh, that's not the way I was brought up, not the way I believe. And uh, I believe the ones that uh, deserve it, deserve it. You know, I just, yeah, it was time for me to go when, when the, all that started taking place. And I'm not saying if you want to, mom and dad want to give them a nice trophy. Hey, thank you. You did great. We're proud of you. But when the whole league is doing it for everybody, uh, something's not right. So, <laughs> so, all right, let me ask you this one last question. We'll be ready to get off here. That um, all this bad time, with, especially with your granddaughter, was there one certain key that helped you get through that to stay positive, to look in the future? Was there one certain thing that helped you get through this? Well, in, in my tragedy, and it may be more than one thing, but I just in my tragedies, tragic moments that I've had in my life, uh, the near death of my grandson and the death of his father, the death of my daughter to cancer, and the death of my granddaughter. Each time, something miraculous happened from those. With the death of my daughter. I was reunited with another granddaughter, you know, who I had not seen since she was an infant. Mm-hmm. She was 12 years old at the time. And now she texts me. If she, if she's visiting her parents in, uh, in down in Houston area and she's driving back to her college. She's going to be a college graduate next year for crying out loud. There we go. You know, I get this call. Hey, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> and so that to me, that's a miracle. Uh, that happened from the death of my of my daughter in the uh, the death of my son-in-law and the near death of my grandson 
I got to meet my grandson and he's in my life a lot now. And he just, he's doing great. And I got a few more years with that granddaughter of mine. And then of course my daughter, you know, we, we built that relationship and it's, it's good. It's good. And it's been going on for several years now. And then with the death of my granddaughter, it, um, when my wife and I went back for the funeral, you know, of course, my other daughters were there and they all have children in the, in the, um, the funeral home that has people to send in pictures to help memorialize her. And mm-hmm. I sent in my wife and I sent in several pictures and there were hundreds of pictures that they had received. And the, the funeral director took handpicked just some of those pictures to, to put in a video that played uh, during visitation and other times, you mm-hmm. know, over half of those pictures was with her, with my wife and I in her home, Universal Studios, Hawaii, and every picture she just has these smiles. And guess what? All these other grandchildren all of a sudden know who I am. Yeah. And yeah. I got a call. The funeral was on a Saturday. The internment was on Sunday. And I, my oldest daughter reached out to me and told me that one of her children wanted to meet me at the, after the funeral, the, one of the daughters, my youngest daughter, of course, I'm, you know, I'm just a wreck. And she walks up to me, says, do you need a hug? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. And we're at the internment the next day. And my wife looks at me and says, honey, do you realize it's father's day and all four of your daughters are here? Oh, wow. Okay. And then the son, after the graveside service comes up to me and says, can I hug you? I said, oh yeah. Yeah. And then my daughter introduces me to this other grandchild, 16. She just turned 17. Looks like she's 12. She's just itty bitty uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. And first thing she says when she meets me, says, are you a good man now? I says, Yes, I am. And it felt so good to look in her eyes and say, yes, I am. And she says, good. Then she hugged me. She and that girl is so funny, so much (laughs) different than her cousin. She is. Yeah. Yeah. She's not shy and reserved. She just all out. (laughs) There you go. It it text, you know, so all, all of these tragedies, I've had miracles. So my word of advice, there's a couple things. Look for the good in the bad, no matter what it is, there is always something to help you get through. I got through these tragedies because of people who came back into my life and the love of my wife. You have to find something positive. You have to move forward, keep pushing, keep going. And, you know, I'm, I'm 66 years old now. And I think, well, you know, you ain't got much longer to live. Well, I, you, if, if the grim reaper comes from me, if I'm 155 years old, I'm going to leave the, I, he's going to, he, he's going to have a Dickens of a time. Get me. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to be kicking in a screaming all the way out. Well, I've got more life to live. That's right. That's right. That's right. Be positive. Go for life. Go for the gusto. Do something good. And if you are there, 
you are in this dark place and you want help, don't go down to, you know, especially teenagers. Don't don't go down to a friend of yours. This is, yeah, man, I'm thinking about killing myself. You know, I thought about doing that too. No, no. Go to somebody positive. Go to an adult. If you if you feel uncomfortable talking to your parents, go down the street. Right. Go to a church. Go to a synagogue. Go to a mosque. Go to a youth center. Go anywhere where there's somebody responsible who will tell you that you are loved. You are worth. You are a worthwhile person. 988. Yes. Love, love and hope still exist in this world, no matter how much the media tells you otherwise. It's a shame that uh, our media today, they'll give you the 20% that's controlling the world that's so negative. Yeah. It's pathetic. So, Colin, oh man, you got me, you got me feeling good and everything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like you. I, I tell, I tell people when you're going through the, the tunnel and you see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know, it's not a freight train coming, feel good about everything you've been through, learn from it, become strong from it, get ready for the next thing. And the best thing about it, there's somebody watching you, how you deal with this. And they're going to learn from you and they're going to get stronger and help out the next person in life as well. Yeah. So Colin, man, I appreciate uh, everything. Sorry you've been through so much and everything, but again, I hate to say it. Life comes and especially when we, we don't want it to come and, but you know, stay positive, look for the best of it. Remember the best of everything that happened through the tragedy, you know, yeah. uh, before all that. So yeah, it's it's a thing, Colin. Hey, have you got a, a website or do you any um, social media, uh, well, YouTube I, got, program or anything you want to put out there? Go and tell I've everybody. Got, I've got uh, three different websites. Two of them, you know, are combined into one, and that's stopsuicide.life and stopteensuicide.life. And there's a story. There's an essay I wrote on there about the predator that lurks in the dark serial serial killer called suicide and there's a short video of my granddaughter after we got back from a luau we're in our hotel room and we're playing around and having fun there's a another video on there of me within minutes of finding out about her death i wanted to show people the pain and i came into my sound booth and i just started started mm -hmm. be having pain and then there's my business website, colintalks.com, where, you know, uh, building up my, my voice acting business, you know, for commercials or characters, all that, all that stuff. And uh, the one big thing that I'm working on now was putting together a presentation for public, for public speaking engagements. Yes. Oh, I think you should. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh... Suicide, especially teen suicide, especially since this COVID crap come around and so many teenagers are isolated that they couldn't talk to their friends, couldn't open up to their friends. Didn't, of course, like I said, didn't want to open up to mom and dad and they just bottled everything up. So well, yes, you definitely need to get into your, here's, the, here's a fact, here's a little known fact. A lot of people think that COVID increased suicides. 2020 had a lower percentage of suicides in the United States than before. Okay. Yeah, it I, really I didn't did. Know that. Yeah, I it just, was below the national average. Okay, I, I saw I, some I, other. 
I saw some other study that talked about uh, maybe not the suicide increasing, but where they've been so depressed and everything because yeah, not being out. And usually when you get that depressed, yeah, the suicidal takes. Yeah. It so, may have, okay. uh, for the years after 2020, I haven't seen any statistics come out yet on 21, okay. 22. So, but okay, 2020 was less. <laughs> well, that's good. So yeah. uh, hopefully that uh, will start going down even more. So, but yes, you should get into speaking. Tell us, tell the story about your granddaughter and, and uh, help other people and uh, definitely encourage them. 988, find someone you can trust, open up to, you know, they're not going to stab you in the back that you can trustworthy and open up again. So that's my thing. All right, Colin. Hey, you know that uh, people are hurting and struggling. So if you can leave us with a positive message to help them get through today, that'd be a blessing. Positive message is, is a repeat. Love and hope still exist in this world. There's good things in the bad, no matter how difficult it can be. Look for the positive. Find that silver lining and hold on to it with all the might and that you can that you can muster up life is worth living amen brother appreciate you being here appreciate you sharing with us um i mean i, I got a little emotional myself i had to remove a little tear starting <laughs> so just uh hearing the love that you had for your all your kids even though you were estranged but i could tell that uh it, it was still in there so and, and that you. they that they got to learn it uh, as well uh, later on. But I guess those saying they say is better late than never. Thank so you. Uh, from there. All right, everybody else. Hey, thank you for being here. Hey, share this to someone you know that can use uh, some positive message, especially on teen suicide. Again, do the nine eight eight with your call in it or texting it to get to that immediate uh, help with suicidal. Uh, tendencies spread that 988 to other people so they know they can get it as well all right i'm dr james purdue the professor of perseverance thank you all for being here do something today tomorrow something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis thanks for listening to the professor of perseverance podcast for motivation inspiration and encouragement for more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.